1% Better is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts. And because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I'll give you an example. Sunday, the Colts host the Titans, two six and five teams. If you want the lowest possible ticket price with the best seats possible, check out Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute ticket deals on tickets up to 60% off. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back. It's 1% better. Uh, we took a weekend off, so Thursday night games allow us to do that. But uh, we haven't forgotten about you. Wanted to recap last Thursday night's loss in Houston for the Indianapolis Colts. 20-17 to loss to the Houston Texans. And now, uh, Zach, they are they're in a tough spot. Uh, so looking at these AFC South standings, Houston has a full one-game lead. Tennessee's now tied with the Colts, 6-5, and five, coming in here. Uh, I, let's just reset things. I mean, in terms of the playoffs, which is, you know, what it's all about and where they seemed to be headed at one point, um, do they get there? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Start with a real easy question. Look, I mean, this is how I felt Friday morning. I felt that they blew their chance, not necessarily to get to the playoffs, but they blew a golden chance to win Thursday night. I thought they had every right to win that game despite some of the struggles from Jacoby Brissett and the offense. And it just, it's the story of their season. They just find ways to beat themselves. And if it's not one thing, if it's not the kickers, it's the receivers dropping passes. If it's not the receivers dropping passes, it's the offensive line getting the quarterback hurt. If it's not the offensive line, it's the quarterback not hitting his receivers who are open down the field. Defense has been pretty good of late, but, I just felt like they just they just left one out there on Thursday night, and they're going to have a really tough road. It's not impossible by any means. There's five games left. We've seen the impossible happen before. But suddenly, Sunday is a sneaky big game in the AFC playoff race because Tennessee is streaking. They've won two in a row. Tannehill is playing well. Like, believe that. Forget who it is. Ryan Tannehill is playing really well, and Jacoby Brissett is not. And so Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium is a huge game. Do not overlook the Tennessee Titans. It's funny. Now, if we're talking wild card here, they're in the mix, but the Colts are in the mix, but but they've got they've got some competition there and and certainly they're really competing for the second wild card spot yeah, if that's what I we're talking like about Buffalo because almost has the first one wrapped up. Yeah, Buffalo has a two-game lead in the wild card race, which is I, I can't believe I just said those words, but uh they are I believe uh Eight and three now, so they've got a better record than even Houston, which leads the AFC South. Obviously, trailing the the Patriots in that tough AFC East. But man, I mean, they're really the Colts' only shot right now, unless something changes drastically. Their only shot is to somehow come back and win this division, which I don't know seems like a long shot. And then the other option is to get possibly that second wild card spot, but that's going to require some help probably because there's so much competition for Here's that spot. Here's the problem so, with that: the two teams, two of the teams they're tied with right now, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders, both of which they lost to head-to-head. The other team that's 6-5 and five is Tennessee, and if Tennessee wins Sunday, one, the Colts could probably kiss a playoff spot goodbye. Two, oh, yeah. that's another team that they've lost in this pecking order. Um, that's it's, it's, it's why you, you kick yourself over losing to the Dolphins. You kick yourself over losing to the Steelers because you couldn't make a 40-yard field goal. You kick yourself over losing to the Raiders at home, and I still think you kick yourself over Thursday night because I thought the Colts – I thought the Colts should have won that game. There's just so many things went against them in terms of how they played. T.Y. Hilton with the drops. Just just a bad night of football for them. Yeah, so let's let's recap that game because that's really the purpose of this. So uh, we talked about you know where that game left them in terms of the playoff race, but the game itself, I think there's a lot to cover there, even though it was a few days ago. So I want to start with something I thought that was interesting. We'll get to Jacoby Brissett in a second. But one thing that I think was really interesting in that game was Frank Reich's uh, strategy. There's no question in that final drive, he was trying to milk the clock and score with no time left. That was very, very clearly the way it's It was like the he way was it's been playing with the lead. Didn't, you, didn't it look like that? It felt like it. It right. did feel like it. And so, so that's what I was getting to. So here's my thing. All right. That's fine. I, I, it's a it's a strategy. I understand the strategy. Uh, certainly, you're thinking, all right, well, Houston has already had a bunch of big plays. Let's not give them the ball back. I, I get that. But it's a one-shot deal if you do that. It's a one-shot deal. If you're going to take your time and waltz down the field, you're probably not getting the ball back. So what were your thoughts on that strategy? And just what did you make of it? I thought he took it too far. And by that, I mean run the damn ball. I thought they ran the ball too much. And I don't know if Jacoby Brissett's knee, his plant leg is is hindering him. There were clearly open receivers at times Thursday night that he missed, Mm -hmm. flat out missed. There were bad throws he made. There were drops from guys like T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. said that was 100% on me. I get all of that. But. They completely played not to lose almost. They just tried to run it and run it and run it. And it was almost like they were playing with the lead on that last drive. And this is something we talked about in the press box late Thursday night was that second down. So you get down into Texans territory with the game on the line and you run it on first down, you go nowhere. And you run it on second down and go nowhere. Incomplete on third down. And then or maybe a three-yard gain and you're facing a fourth and seven and your quarterback who can't run is forced to scramble. It was just, it was just, they were just playing safe and I didn't like it. And it, it came back to bite them. And I don't think Frank Reich's going to like it when he watched the tape Friday. And then when he moves into this week, because they just, the way they confused and put pressure on the Texans defense, the entire first game they saw each other back in October, they did the exact opposite on Thursday night. And, and that's, it's very rare to see the Colts do that, but they were flummoxed all night offensively. They could not figure it out. Yeah, I think that's true, and and so it, it it's it's kind of a this this running game is a blessing and a curse, I think, to some extent, because it's great, right? I mean, who doesn't want to run the ball well? Who doesn't want to run for 175 yards? My thing is, how how do you run for 175 yards? And well, let me rephrase that: if you run for 175 yards, which I think was the number, and it amounts to 17 points. <laughs> Is it a success? It's kind yeah. of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it type of thing. I, I don't know. Like, is that a success? Right. I, I I think Frank, to his to his credit, was pretty honest on Friday. Look, 
uh, we can run the ball like that, but for it to succeed, we got to hit more big plays. That's true. They and haven't hit a big play in forever. They haven't. And and he did say, look, a lot of this is on the quarterback. He didn't say that, but the, I'm saying it. But yeah. he also admitted that he says, look, you know, we got to maybe I could have called a few more plays to be more aggressive. And and I think, you know, look, you've got to position the quarterback to be successful uh, no matter what his flaws might be. And and I just think Frank Reich really clung to that running game on Thursday night and, and was content to just, you know, sort of slowly matriculate down the field. The problem with that is when you get a holding call, fair or not, you know, for example, Ryan Kelly gets called for that phantom holding uh, earlier in the game and it puts him in a you know, tough down and distance. Now you've got to overcome that. Right. And, you know, when you're running the ball, there's more opportunities for that stuff to happen because you've got to drive the ball, you know, 10, 11, 12 plays. The Colts have more 10-plus play drives, scoring drives, than anybody in the NFL, which is great, <laughs> but also really hard. Yeah. And <laughs> so, they have again, how many downfield bombs? You know, how many 20-plus pass plays this year? I bet they're the they're bottom 27th. three. 27th. Yeah. I mean, they're just – 27th. The And that was a staple of the Andrew Luck to T.Y. Hilton era. You know, that was, that was their thing. Mm-hmm. They just went deep, and they were great at it. And that's missing, and that hurts. And I don't want to throw all of this on Jacoby Brissett because he is coming off his worst game. He's done a lot of good things this year, but he's got no Paris Campbell, not hers, because that's an explosive talent on offense. Devin Funches, sure. he had them had him for three quarters in LA in week one, which seems like 20 years ago. Both of those guys could come back. We might see this offense at close to full strength come Sunday, except for the news we got this morning that Eric Ebron, the ankles surgery, he's done. Um, but it goes without saying that was not the real T.Y. Hilton we saw Thursday night either. No, it was pretty clear. I mean, we probably should have did a better job of anticipating that. I thought he would play, and that was where I think the indications were were pointing. I didn't think he was going to drop two football, two huge third rounds. I thought he would play, but but in retrospect, it makes total sense. Okay, listen, this is is different than last year. We've talked – uh, quite a bit about about excuse me uh, T Y Hilton playing hurt last year. He did a great job playing on that high ankle sprain last season, down the stretch, and basically was still the Colts' best offensive player many days. However, the difference here is this was a situation where where T Y was not in the lineup at all for three weeks, yeah. didn't practice at all for three weeks, and so he didn't see a football field for three weeks. And then to go out there on a primetime game and to try to play in their biggest game of the season, there's no way we could have expected him to be himself. And the fact that he had those two drops, I think, makes total sense. Uh, I just think that T.Y. spins so good that we just tend to assume things with him that probably aren't even fair. And right. one of them being, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. Well, no, he missed three weeks and didn't even see a field. So, of course, he was rusty. So, I'm not surprised in retrospect, but... But, yeah, were they outgunned a little bit? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about that lineup that they had, you mentioned the injuries against, by the way, the Houston Texans lineup, okay, (laughs) with Deshaun Watson and and DeAndre Hopkins. They were good. They were good. Well, Fuller, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to overcome. Yeah, but your defense, Uh, so your defense gives up a couple explosive plays for the first time in a while. mm -hmm. I mean, they've been really good at that. So they let some. Big plays happen. It's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen. They still allowed them only to score twenty points. I mean, yep. 
if you're going to run the ball for 175 yards and not get more than 17 points, so many things have to go wrong for that to be the case. That's what happened Thursday night. And now you got to move forward thinking, can this team create the offensive plays, the offensive explosive plays that they need to? Because it's not going to work in today's NFL. What the Colts did on Thursday night is not going to work moving forward. You need to have some more dynamic offensive plays. And I think getting some guys back will help. But let's move into Jacoby Brissett because this was his worst outing of the season by far. And there's some legitimate concerns right now and a fan base that's frustrated about whether he's the guy moving forward. And I think it's a fair question to ask. It is. Uh, I think it's it's been a question. It didn't just become one, but, right. but this game, I think, highlighted those issues. There's no question about it. And, you know, look, I posted a film review this morning that there are not going to be shockers in there, but I think it's it's important to look at it because I think it, it has some really vivid examples of the things that we've talked about all season. And, you know, whether you love Jacoby Brissett or, or hate him, I think there's there's this – and maybe it's a Twitter thing, but like there's in Twitter, you have to be for or against something at like a hundred percent. Right. But so I don't, that's, that's not what this is. This is nuanced. I mean, there's no perfect quarterback not growing on trees anyway. So look, we got to look at him for what he is, but we also have to look at the redeeming qualities and look, it's complicated. I would say this, uh, Jacoby has always had these issues where he's not aggressive and he is very hesitant to make a mistake. That is fine. To a to a certain point, uh, I thought this game he took that too far, and yeah. when I say it's fine, I mean you can live with it because it is what it is, you know. But but that ha- there has to be a line, and this game he took it too far, and there were throws that that just had to be made that were screaming to be made, yeah. and he didn't make them. And, that, and listen, they had a four point nine yards per attempt average in that game. Uh, I mean that is it's compared dunk, to. Man. Yeah. That's unbelievable. You could do that running the ball, okay? And compare that to Houston's, which was 9.9. So they were they had half the yards per attempt that Houston had. You know, I mean granted those were there were some explosive plays in there. But they they got to do a better job. I wonder uh you know, is there a is there a confidence issue after the injury? Is it something along those lines? I don't know. I just I didn't see a guy who was confidently stepping into his throws. I look at that throw to Ebron uh, up the center of the field where he barely gets the ball to him. And it's kind of like, man, is he is he stepping into these throws? I know he got hit there, but, I mean, this is a big, strong guy who usually isn't yeah. phased by that. Right. And I was – I don't know. It just – we, what did what were we saying to each other during the game? Weren't we talking about this? We're like, something doesn't look right. Didn't we say that? I remember that. He was playing scared, it looked like. He was way too hesitant. You could see guys streaking over the middle, even like 84. Jack Doyle is like the security blanket of all security blankets, and he wouldn't throw it to him, or he would throw it late. Uh, Here's why I'm not ready to panic on Jacoby Brissett. I feel like Thursday was an outlier. I feel like that was an extreme. That wasn't in accordance with the body of work he's put out this season. Yeah, it was bad football. It was bad quarterback play. Yeah. And you can't win with that. But I feel like – I feel like that was in relation to the knee, and I also feel like that was just a really bad day. But if you put the whole body of work together, he's played more good than he has bad. I still think he's exceeded expectations considering everything that he walked into on August 25th, and I think he will play better down the stretch. I think he's got a quarterback coach in Frank Reich, you know, for, for lack of a better term, 
that can get him out of this. There's no lack of arm strength. It's not like that he can't make the throws. He's got a stronger arm than Andrew Luck. They all said that. Then why was Andrew Luck the one that was throwing at 50, 60 yards down the field and throwing for 300 yards most afternoons? That's something they need to work through. He's still a young quarterback. And oh, by the way, he's playing with a lot of his offensive talent on the bench because they're hurt. And that hurts. And there's plenty of instances Thursday night where the guys simply weren't open down the field. There's plenty of instances where they were. So I get it's a twofold thing. But this referendum on his future here and how he's just a backup, I'm not buying that. And I'm not buying it based on Thursday night. This was a really bad game for him. But if you take the whole body of work, which we will after week 17 slash whatever playoff thing happens with this team, whether they make it or not, um, I think that's the more fair evaluation. And I just think he looked so off Thursday night that something else has got to be wrong. Because he's, he's too well, good of a quarterback to make those mistakes and play that hesitantly. Well, here's all I can tell people. Listen, uh, the Colts are not going to judge Jacoby Brissett on solely Thursday night. So you shouldn't either. And that's I mean, you can you can think he's a good quarterback or bad quarterback. That's fine. I'm not telling you I'm not giving you an assessment of Jacoby Brissett. I'm telling you that the Colts are going to look at this wire to wire. They're not going to yeah. look at this in terms of one game. Yeah. So you got to go back to the to Atlanta week. game when he was pretty incredible. You got to go back to Oakland sure. when he struggled. You got to go back to Kansas the first City Houston when they ran game. Ball. Yeah, everything everything plays into this. And so they are first of all they're they're still very much on board with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, that that yes. hasn't wavered. I don't I don't care that that Chris Ballard was uh, scouting a quarterback this weekend, apparently, right? I mean, well, that's fine. That's his job. Take this kit, so there you go. Right. So, I mean, that that's his job. I mean, you're supposed to consider all your options. I mean, if he wasn't, I would think he was derelict of his duty. So, correct. Uh, but let's let's talk about a couple of things. So, I learned some things over the weekend that are kind of interesting. I'm going to share them. So, uh, the Colts have, and every team has these sort of internal like uh, metrics that they use to measure their success. And there's a different, there's a million different ways you can do it. Uh, the Colts have, I won't get into all the specifics because it'll take too long and it's confusing. But the way I understand it is Colts have sort of these metrics at, that they measure their efficiency in all kinds of areas. They include uh, yards per carry, run efficiency, completion percentage, uh, short yardage situations, third down percentage, red zone success, uh, two minute offense, and turnovers. They were successful and meeting their minimums in all of those areas. So meaning they have minimums that that they think right. uh, go into the ingredients for winning football. They did not meet their minimums in three areas, points, yards per attempt, and explosive plays. And so this is the game where a lot of that came back to the quarterback play or the passing game in general, for it, which includes more than the quarterback, obviously. And so that's why this game – Really, I think, you know, highlighted some of the issues with Jacoby Brissett. But uh, I, I really do think, though, that this was this was a terrible game and no one's going to make excuses for him. But I don't think this has this game has changed the attitude toward Jacoby Brissett in that building. Uh, they still listen. And, you know, this Zach, they put a lot of stock in his role in that locker room. Yes. And. His role as a leader. Listen, I am not. That's not me saying that. People kind of roll their eyes when you say that. I don't care what you think, man. I'm not here to tell you that you're right or you're wrong. I'm here to tell you what's happening 
in the building. I mean, that's we're in there. Zach and I are in there every right. day. And it's I'm not telling coach you, speak. It's it not matters. player speak. Yeah, we, we literally talk to these guys every day. And, and the vibe that, that you get is Jacoby's the guy. He's the guy. And that's not going to change. Yeah, and I, I still think that, you know, I, I believe that they still believe in him, number one. Number two, uh, they really also believe that there are a lot of other factors at work here. And that's something I've consistently been told the last few days. It's not all the quarterback. It's not all the quarterback. And it's never all the quarterback. <laughs> okay, it's it just, just not. It just is exacerbated when he plays as poorly as he did Thursday night. He just can't do that. Exactly. He's yeah. got to rise above he all knows of that. that. That's, that's the problem. He's got to rise above the problems. He's got to rise above the receiver injuries. He's got to rise above... Oh, they're playing zone coverage when we thought we were going to get man. You got to rise above that. Okay, he's got to be a gamer and make it happen. Problem is, and let me get your thoughts on this. The Colts are not used to having average quarterbacks. For 20 years, they had Manning and Luck, who both did exactly what (laughs) what you just said. What you just said. They rose above whatever situation they were in. There were years Manning was playing with the depleted receiver corp, and he led them to 10 6. Andrew Luck spent his whole career playing with a bad offensive line, lifting them way better than they should have been in the record column. Now you're seeing an average quarterback on what could be considered an average team. So it's a different reality for this fan base. Uh, But look, the bottom line is Jacoby Brissett played really bad quarterback play on Thursday night. And and I understand the frustrations because Jack Doyle was in a spot. You got to hit him. You know, you got to take some shots down the field. Frank Reich, you got to stop playing like you have the lead when you're playing from behind. So I understand the frustrations as well. And so I want to, that reminded me of something, that last point when you said Frank Reich playing like he had the lead. So there's a play, it's in the film review that I posted this morning. And I think it's the third down play, the, the Colts' final third down of the game, where they have, I think, a third and seven. They've got to convert it uh, to to keep the chains moving, obviously, and to, to keep on that pace they thought they were on to you know score and walk off, basically. So, third and seven, I believe Jacoby throws it over the middle to Zach Pascal. He's double covered. The ball gets broken up. It really has zero chance of getting completed. Now, on that play, interestingly, Marcus Johnson, you'll see him. He's to the top of the screen. He's out, he's out to the left of the offense, out wide. And he's – because the, the safety on his side of the field actually plays the underneath routes and comes forward, the deep route is open. So, he basically runs – runs a deep route down the sideline and it's it's a one-on-one deep shot now he actually ends up getting over the top of the defensive back and is open uh shooting toward the end zone or streaming toward the end zone jacoby doesn't throw it to him i don't know that he could have got it there there was a little bit of pressure but i don't know that he would have made that throw under the circumstances because he understood frank reich was trying to run the clock out and trying to gradually matriculate down the field. So I almost wonder, even if he thought that shot was there, would he have taken it? Right. <laughs> and look, it's not his it's not his style to take that shot. But my point is, what am I saying? My point is, some of this is Frank Reich sort of creating this atmosphere like, hey, let's do it our way. Let's do it our way, you know? And, and I think over the course of a season, when you're coaching the quarterback in that fashion, I think it influences his decision-making too. So, I mean, we saw Jacoby take some deeper shots, I thought, in 2017. Not a ton, but he took more than he did this year. So, I I just – I wonder that. And and the other thing that's related to this point, I jotted this down because I wanted to to mention it. You know, we've 
We've heard a lot about, I've heard this assertion a lot, that Frank Reich is protecting Jacoby Brissett. He, he's not asking him to do too much. I think that's somewhat true. But I also think it's more about Frank Reich believing in their offensive philosophy and saying, you know what, this is this can work. This will work. I'm telling you, he's invested in this. And it's kind of strange for a guy who played with Marv Levy and Jim Kelly to be thinking right. this way because right. that was the most wide open offense in the NFL back then. But that's what this is what they are, and he believes in it. So I, I really think that's that's a factor at work here, man. And so Frank Reich believes in this, and I don't know that he's gonna back down. And he's not doing this in response to Andrew Luck not being here. Remember, we talked to Frank Reich about this as far back as April in the owners' meetings in Arizona. And right. Andrew Luck was still playing as far as he was concerned at that point. And the goal, the stated goal, was top five rushing attack. And he was adamant about this. And he has charts and he has science and he has analytics to back this up. And that's that was the stated goal this year. And that was how they that's how they went on that run last year. And that's how he believes they were continue to take the next few steps and to go further in the playoffs and go to even a Super Bowl, even with Andrew Luck, a quarterback. Now they switch to Jacoby Brissett, and it becomes even more apparent that they want to run the ball, and they have success. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road by literally just running the ball all game long. But I think you're seeing a little bit of the blowback because when you shrink your offense and it's become so much more one-dimensional, you're seeing what happened Thursday night. I mean, the Texans had four or five big plays, and that was the difference. The Colts didn't have any big plays. And I think the frustration boils down from that because give Jonathan Williams credit, right? I mean, the guy, he, he's running hard. He's playing great. Marlon Mack was missed on Thursday night, and he is a dynamic offensive talent that could change things as well. So they're not even full strength in the area they're putting all their chips into. So this is this is sort of a referendum on, on Frank Reich right now. I mean, nothing's going to happen in terms of he's not going anywhere because he's done a phenomenal job, all things considered. But this is year two, hanging in the balance, whether they make the playoffs or not is going to come down to whether they can figure this out offensively. Getting some guys back will help. But the bottom line is you got five games to go. And just a couple weeks ago, you were 5-2 and two and sitting pretty in the AFC South. And now you're going to have to fight and get some help to make the playoffs. And that's going to come down to the head coach. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they respond, I mean play calling-wise, and how they attack, starting with the, t- the Titans on Sunday. You know, Do they open up the playbook more? Do they become more aggressive? Do they try and become more vertical in the offensive playbook? Because right now it's it's one-dimensional and teams are lining up and it's easy to figure out what the Colts are going to do. Yes, indeed. So, hey, before we go on, hey, I want to take a quick quick moment and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about DoorDash. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order, $15 or more, when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code 1, like 1% better, O-N-E. That's 5% off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter enter excuse me the promo code 1. So, uh, we were talking about this before we went on air. Um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> uh, there are all kinds of options here when you talk about DoorDash. So, uh, I heard someone in the Athletic Network may have ordered some DoorDash to a press box, apparently. Um, the, that's the key a tempting is thought. which press box? Because we just got <laughs> back know. from Houston where I would put the Texans press box food up there with anybody. Now, however, oh, yeah. I could see us doing this in Indianapolis, needing someone to bring DoorDash to Lucas Oil Stadium because the press box food, I'm sorry to say, is – Bottom three in the NFL, maybe bottom five. I think the word you're looking for is awful. Yeah, no offense, so that's Matt Conti, exactly what I'm looking for. Right, top notch PR man. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's not good, people. But I mean, listen, I don't complain about free food, so this is not complaining. We're just stating a fact. I mean, I'd pay <laughs> for good food. So, hey, one quick last thing on DoorDash. So, my son uh, has apparently, through my wife, gotten our DoorDash login. Oh, this has been a very bad development for my wallet. Uh, he has no conscience about this. And I suspect that not only he, but also his friends are eating off my DoorDash. And so, I'm oh, going to have to do something I about see. this. I need to use this code, apparently, the, the promo code that we have here, because uh, this is this is becoming very expensive for me. So, anyhow... Uh, moving on, Zach. Let's talk uh, defense. I I don't feel differently about the defense after that game. I think I think they had some screw ups. Yeah, I think that did. happens. Uh, but but I thought overall they acquitted themselves. I thought pretty nicely under the circumstances. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean Hopkins is probably the very 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 best receiver in the league, and he's going to do that. Um, you take him in man coverage against Pierre Desir, yeah, you do. Because Pierre Desir, over time, has proven he can handle that. Now, was he rusty? Was he a little not at his best because he hasn't played in a month since the last time they played the Texans? Probably. But he got beat in man coverage. The one thing I want an answer for is the miscommunication between Desir and Hooker in the back end. He tried to talk to Malik on Thursday night. He wasn't really in the mood to talk. Um, but overall, I thought the defense held up pretty well. Despite despite the the splash plays they allowed, and there's there's one play we haven't even mentioned yet, and that's the strips the, the fumble at the end of the game. Uh, Darius Leonard forced a fumble. That's a fact. Anyone out there saw that. They didn't review it on the field. It was really weird. Frank Reich got word that they were reviewing it, but then they just gave it to the Texans. There wasn't really any evidence of that, and I've seen reviews since that basically has the ball in Darius's arm slash leg. I'm not saying it's definitive it was the Colts' ball, but you can make a case. And I'm not saying the Colts drive down the field and score and win the game. But I am saying it looked like it needed a lot more uh, of a look than it got on the field. That was a weird call at the end of the game. That speaks to how much of a game-changing player Darius Leonard is. And that guy was hot Thursday night. He was not happy with that call. He was showing me the video on his iPhone over and over and over, saying, what do you think? What do you think? I think it's pretty obvious. But yeah, the defense, it wasn't their best game in the season by any means. They let some explosive plays in. But I still feel good about this unit moving forward. And I think everything in terms of if they're going to get what they want done, I think it's on the offense. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think the defense has put it on a silver platter for them the last few games. Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought they allowed two touchdowns in this game. But I mean, you know, that's that's pretty much an average day in the NFL. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, the, the big plays... Yeah, got to do something about that. But at the end of the day, the idea is to keep them out of the end zone. You know, they generally did that. You know, look, the busted play between Desaire and and Malik Hooker, I, I have no answer for that. I, I got to believe that Malik Hooker is supposed to stay deep on that play. I think he, he Probably, bites on something yeah. underneath. And that doesn't mean that Pierre Desaire wasn't also supposed to take his man a little deeper in that zone. But I I don't know. That that. That does happen, though. And the fact that, that we haven't seen a ton of those, I suppose, is is a compliment to the Colts' defense. So so I'll give them that. Uh, they're doing their job. The, the pass rush wasn't good, but I thought they overcame that. And, and I think the pass rush was was somewhat responsible for some of those big plays, too. So let's not let them off the hook. This is yeah. not all on the secondary. Uh, but I think to to play that offense and, 
And to give up those plays and to limit them to 20 points is a hell of a night and all things considered. So uh, I am, I thought Frank Reich hit it on, on the head last week when he said, you know, this defense is playing like one of the best defenses in the NFL. That game probably wasn't their best sales job, but I think that in recent weeks they have actually put a lot of really good football on tape. And I thought the big plays have been there. Kenny yeah. Moore with another big yeah. play, uh, right. set up a touchdown uh, with that interception. You talked about Darius Leonard. I mean, Darius had the ball. He, fact of the matter is he had the ball. Uh, these guys are they they are very savvy at making the big play. And so when you give up some, you know, look, that's going to happen. It is what it is. But I like this defense, and I like their chances against the teams they're playing down the stretch. Uh, I did – However, watched the uh, Saints yesterday. Okay, that's going to be a challenge. But uh, yes, the, the the Panthers, for that matter, <laughs> will be a challenge if they play like they, they played yesterday. But it's hard to predict which Colts team is going to show up. The one that loses Always the is. Dolphins or the wins that goes to Kansas City and wins. The one that beats Houston. I mean, they could play with anybody. I'm confident saying that. I'm also confident saying they could lose to anybody. So until they get this offensive problem figured out um i the defense has been pretty solid of late and matt eberflus deserves a lot of credit he is dialing up blitzes at the right time darius leonard is playing very well kenny moore is playing maybe even better than that um they've had their guys step up and outside of a few splash plays they allowed thursday night this defense has not been the issue for about six or seven weeks i don't know about you but i am so ready for thursday turkey stuffing gravy pumpkin pie Nah, sweet potato pie, at least where I come from. But I digress. My favorite, though, is three huge heaping helpings of football. That's my kind of feast. And to top it all off is the action you can get betting on the games thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. You can take advantage of special Thanksgiving offers all day on Thursday. Take a listen to just some of the offers DraftKings has going on. Before kickoff, place a bet on the winner of any Thanksgiving football game and DraftKings will give you a free $5 bet. Plus, during the game, place a $5 in-game flash bet, and DraftKings will give you another free $5 bet. Just check out the Promos tab after signing up to get all the details and see what else DraftKings has to offer. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the code FAST when you sign up. For a limited time, all users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Don't forget, that's code FAST for all new and existing users to get a deposit bonus up to $500. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Indiana only. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And look, I, I think that uh, defensively, I don't know that they could have had a better situation than they've had this year. I mean, it's a very young defense still, and I think they've gotten the job done. So the defense has given them opportunities this year. They have stepped up huge against a team like Kansas City. They've stepped up huge against uh, Houston in the first game. I thought they handled them relatively well in this past game, and certainly those games in recent weeks where the offense was struggling, it was the defense was the only reason they were even in those games. I mean, go back to the Denver game uh, about three or four weeks ago. Why did the Colts even have a chance to win that game? Because the defense held a bad offense in check all day and kept giving them opportunities. So uh, they're doing what they're supposed to do. I think now it's a matter of 
Are they going to finish the season strong on offense or not? And to be honest, how are we going to know what they even have unless they can get get it back on track offensively? I mean, going into this offseason, it'd be nice to know just what kind of potential this unit has. And just with all the guys being in and out this year, I don't even know if we know. And that's, that's yeah. one of the frustrating things. You know, it, it, what do we even know about what they have? Because, you know, it's... It's not been intact, and that's been frustrating, I'm sure, for Frank Reich and for everybody. Right. So where uh let's talk about this uh this running game and 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 just in terms of the other guys, how they play without Marlon Mack. You talked about Marlon Mack earlier. I think that uh you said they missed him. I would agree with that. I think that you could kind of tell the difference. I wanted to dig drill down on that a little bit more. I mean, I thought that uh Really, what what we saw the other night was really a product of the system and the offensive line, which which is very good, right? Those yeah. two things are very good, and I think it highlighted just how how well I think they've done how well a job they've done of putting all putting this together from a scheme standpoint and a system standpoint. And, you know, and I thought there were runs the other night where Marlon Mack would have turned five yards into ten or twelve yards. And maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's why Frank Reich believes in this the way he does. And and maybe they win that game with Marlon Mack. Maybe he breaks one. Uh, I I think that really, is that going to be the difference? Is this, is it going to be, is this offense going to be, can it be the same before they get Marlon Mack back? I think he's the wild card here. No, I think he's a Pro Bowl running back. I think he's been that good this season. And that's not taking anything away from Jonathan Williams, who's, you know, he's a late-round draft pick. He's bounced around with four teams. He had a great 13-yard run or Thursday night. I mean, he you know, he made a, he made a touchdown happen that, that shouldn't have happened. That's a credit to him. Right. But Ryan Kelly is playing his tail off, and Quentin Nelson's been electric as well. And those guys, especially those seal blocks right in the middle of the line, right in that A-gap, those guys have been terrific. Williams has gone through there. But I agree with you. We're not going to see – the full Colts offense without Marlon Mack. We're just not going to, which makes me turn back to the offensive passing game, which has just been, I mean, if I had degraded, I'd given an F on Thursday night. And that's not something you say with a Frank Wright coach team very often. And I think, you know, the the play action plays into that a little bit. When you have Jonathan Williams back there, the linebackers are not going to suck in as much as opposed to maybe Marlon Mack. But Mac's dynamism in the offensive passing game, excuse me, the running game, that changes everything because for a team that is absolutely desperate for explosive plays, you know, if you want to define explosive plays by 20 yards in the air, 10-yard runs, they are desperate for those types of plays. They don't have as many right now. And Mac was providing a lot of them. And without Ebron, you know what you're going to get from Jack Doyle. You need T.Y. to get back to being T.Y. You need Paris Campbell back immediately. And you need Funches to come in and contribute because you paid him a lot of money in the offseason and he's played one game for you. So when you get those three receivers back at full strength, I think you'll see them start to take more shots because at the end of the season, when all is said and done, good or bad, whether you make the playoffs or not, you want to go down swinging and you want to go down taking these chances down the field. And you haven't seen that the last couple of weeks. And that's what's so frustrating for a lot of fans out there is they're playing in a way they're playing timid. They're playing really safe. Um, and that was never an issue with Andrew Luck, obviously, right? Um, but let, let's see this team air it out. Let's see him a little bit, mix it up. And and it doesn't mean you'll, you you don't run the damn ball. You can still run the damn ball, but it's time to open up the pass, passing game a little bit and maybe scare defenses a little bit as well. You know what I think this 
this season has has probably proven to us is uh, if you look at going forward now, let's you know looking toward the off season. Not that this thing's over, but looking forward to the off season here, I think the needs are pretty clear. And and one of the needs for sure is is explosive talent and offense. And I think. Yeah. You look at the last couple of drafts, and the one thing that Chris Ballard has really done is added some pop to the defense. And we've seen playmaking. We've seen guys like, you know, the difference that guys like Kari Willis have made and and guys like that who who have just kind of infused energy into the defense. I mean, even a guy like Bobby Okiriki, uh, he's a backup. Well, I guess he's a starting strong side linebacker, but, you know, doesn't play most of the snaps. Probably plays about a, a third of the snaps. But you know, finds a way to impact the game somehow, you know, quite often. And and I think sometimes it doesn't have to be a, a T.Y. Hilton type of player. It just needs to be a guy who can come in. And I think Paris Gamble is that guy, for example. We just don't know the yeah, damn thing about Yeah, they need like four Paris Gambles, right? Yeah, but I think they need one or two more guys like that who can give them some pop, some juice. I mean, hey, Frank Reich is the king of juice. He talks about it all the time. I get what juice means, and juice is what they lack. They don't have enough juice. And I think that, I think, will help Jacoby Brissett or whoever the quarterback is as much as anything because they just don't have enough of that right now where you can just get the ball to a guy, let him make a play. Sometimes that's all the quarterback needs, I think, is is to kind of get rid of the ball, see the chains move, get into a rhythm, it does make a difference. And I thought Jacoby Brissett never got into that rhythm the other night. And we have seen games this year, even, where Jacoby came out and was on fire and had, you know, complete 10 of his first 11 passes, things of that nature. And that was never going to happen on Thursday night. He had no rhythm. He had no sort of continuity there. It was nothing to speak of. And I, I just think that stuff matters. And the way you achieve that, the way you you get that going is – you have to have playmakers, and I just think they have a lack of it right now. It's starting to really show up as the season goes along. Give Frank Wright credit, I think, for masking it to some extent this year, but it's lacking. There's no question That's about the, it. I mean, that was the do. difference Thursday night. Playmakers. Yeah. Houston had I mean, theirs. They stepped up. The Colts didn't have theirs. They didn't Houston step up. Colts didn't. Three-point game. And that's first place in the division, and that's you know not a lock for the playoffs, but if Colts had won that game Thursday night, they are in a very, very, very nice spot moving forward with five games to go. They've got the tiebreaker mm-hmm. over Houston. They've got a 4-0 record in AFC South games this year. That's why it was just so tough to swallow if you're a Colts fan because the game was right there and they just found a way to lose it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, anyway, look, it's it ain't over. they got five games to go, and I still think this thing can be really interesting going forward. I mean – because yeah. it's the Colts, they could go yeah. five and zero, or they could go two and three. Who the hell knows? Yep. I mean, that's yep. what they do, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why they've been so interesting this year. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, of course, when you have a team like that, that comes with some disappointment. So Thursday night was a long night for a lot of you, but uh, that's the game, right? So anyhow, uh, we will uh, step away here. We'll be back later this week with our subscriber only podcast. Uh, but in the meantime. Uh, Happy holidays, right? Uh, lots of turkey on tap, I assume. Um, what's is turkey the thing in your household, Zach? I don't know. So yeah, we do the Thanksgiving, but then we also kind of mix it up. We have a little bit of Italian as well. So um, ah. people might think that's weird out there. We love it. There's nothing wrong with Italian food. I mean, hey man, it's it's your holiday. It's your traditions. You do what the hell you want to do, right? So all um, right. Yeah, if I don't wake up on Friday morning, so you kind of know what happened to me. It was too much of the mac and cheese. So anyhow, uh, I want to just 
gave you a little reminder for those of you who are not a subscriber, uh, please check out The Athletic. Uh, lots of discount codes out there for you, including one from this podcast, uh, 1% Better. It's, it's theathletic.com slash 1% Better, O-N-E. Uh, that gets you a pretty steep discount on The Athletic, so we'd love to have you. Lots of good content there. Uh, Coast coverage and coverage of all professional sports out there uh, that you're so interested in. So thank you again for listening. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer, and we'll be back later this week. Uh, looking forward to this weekend uh, against Tennessee. Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium hosting the Titans. <laughs>